Welcome to the Leadership on Demand podcast, presented by the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina, located in historic downtown Charleston. I'm Colonel Tom Clark, Executive Director of the Krauss Center, and we are proud to share an inside look at the training, thinking, and experiences of principal leaders. Since 1842, the Citadel has produced principal leaders in all walks of life, and we look forward to sharing some of what makes the Citadel a strong and unique institution with you today. On this week's episode of Leadership on Demand, we will take a behind-the-scenes look at principal leadership training with special guest, Chaplain Aaron Meadows. Chaplain Meadows is Chaplain to the Corps of Cadets and Director of Religious Activities at the Citadel. Today, he's going to speak with us about brokenness, the role of the chaplaincy, and secular and religious strategies for helping cadets build ethical foundations. I'm today's host, Lieutenant Colonel Ted Feeney from the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership on Demand podcast. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Leadership on Demand podcast. We are here today with Chaplain Aaron Meadows, who is the chaplain here at the Citadel, former cadet. He's an alumni of the college. We're very excited to be here today with Chaplain Meadows. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Good, good. Let's just, just jump right in there. What do you think the greatest challenge is facing cadets today that the, that the chaplaincy can help address? Certainly. I think... Uh, as it's been, I guess, forever as far as college is concerned. You know, you have young men and women leaving home, you know, this kind of first time out forming as themselves, uh, you know, apart from family in general. And so a lot of that is self-discovery. Who are they? How do they fit into this world? Is the the narrative that they've grown up with about who they are and that sort of stuff, is, is that what they believe? Are they going to kind of live into that? Or are they going to explore and find something new? And again, as far as the chaplaincy, looking at our, our spiritual self, again, that, that, that part of us that is eternal, that part of us that is gr- greater than, than our, our, ourself, it helps answer those questions of who are we, what's going on in this world, how do we fit into it. So I, I think that's where the chaplaincy, uh, specifically for those of uh, uh, religious nature, but for all cadets that come here, asking those big questions and finding out where they, they you know find those answers. So I think that's where we fit in. And, and where do you intersect with the cadets? I mean, you think of a traditional citadel of 100 years ago. I don't know if all the cadets were going to Protestant or Catholic services on Sunday. How, what's the lay of the land in terms of how they intersect with their faith life here? Let's, let's start from the very beginning. When you matriculate as a knob, is it different than when you're a sophomore or a junior? No, absolutely. So, um, Again, like many things at the Citadel, there's a lot that's the same, there's a lot that's different. It used to be, as soon as you came here, you were required to go to church every Sunday, and that kind of went away in the 70s. Um, And then uh, now there's the the first few weeks where cadets go and attend something, and then that that shifts off, and we're trying to work with that model to find the right fit. But at the very beginning of the year, uh, I have meetings uh, with as right before the knobs show up, those uh, who want to plug into religious activities and faith group community stuff, there's meetings for them. And then for every knob, there's a time where they come and meet me in the chapel and the other cadet chaplains so that they recognize that in the military chaplaincy, yes, we provide religious services, we provide worship, we make sure that they can come and, and practice their faith. But really the chaplaincy has evolved over the years to be much more integrated into every uh, both military personnel's life in the real military and then cadets life here so what i try to do is engage with them and we'll continue to try to engage with them early on to make sure that the chaplaincy is here to protect religious freedom make sure they can practice their faith but also to help every person uh, actually explore faith 
Um, and uh, at one point, it was actually, a, you know, there's the spiritual pillar of the citadel, which I think that's been the detriment yeah, that that's gone away in that sense. But the way I tend to approach it is faith. Every person on this planet has faith. Uh, whether it's a religious faith and you believe in a god or a deity, or you have faith in the founding principles of the, the, the country you're a part of, or just those ethical and philosophical ideas. You put your faith in something, or you just put your faith in yourself. It's you versus the world. And so what I try to do is be present and available and make sure that our chapel team is present and available for every student as they're wrestling with what is their faith put in. Is that sufficient? Is that something that needs to grow? And is that something that's helping support the other areas of their life, the mental, the military, the physical? Yeah. Yeah. Now, did did you talk about the chaplaincy team? Those folks who are just first-time listeners or aren't as familiar with the current Citadel chaplaincy, what does the team, what is the composition of the chaplaincy team? Awesome. Uh, And and I'm actually working to change that. So right now, uh, there's myself, uh, and then there is our admin, our chapel operations uh, manager, Ms. Jerry Jones, who's been a part of the Citadel family for, for nearly three decades and part of the chapel for five years. She runs the chapel office. And many of the cadets know her as they come in and get snacks and, and coffee as part of our hospitality ministry and putting in special orders. So it's me and her. And then we have uh, our wedding coordinator that most cadets don't interact with, but we have someone who books all the weddings and the chapel usage. Uh, and then we also have our, our, our organist and, and choir director and carillon player, uh, uh, Mike Barnador. So these um, are the actual staff team. Uh, in addition to that, we have the cadet chaplains. It used to be religious officers, and we changed that for, uh, starting second semester last year. But every battalion has a cadet chaplain, and our regiment has a cadet chaplain, so that they have that person on the cadet level uh, making sure that they're taken care of. And additionally, they're not part of the official chapel team, like as in the, on, on the payroll or part of the staff, but we have uh, all the campus ministers that come on campus. We have 20 different campus ministries, and those campus ministers help minister to those specific faith groups, and the Anglican group and the Catholic group even have lounge space in Mark Clark Hall. So a lot of the knobs, especially their knob here, uh, find themselves on third floor Mark Clark Hall just in those kind of hospitality spaces. Got it. And you yourself are a Protestant minister, and you're also an Air Force officer, so you, you bring that Air It's a, you're, Air, you're actually Air Force Reserve, correct, Night Air Guard? That's correct. Yeah, I'm Air Force Reserve Chaplain. I'm the wing chaplain for the 315th, the, the C-17 wing here. Got it. So you're getting that federal military chaplaincy experience, and you're sort of bringing that here to the Citadel. Exactly. What, what surprises you? I mean, I, I'm sure a chaplain, you see all kinds of cadets in, in, in very happy and very unhappy situations, mental health crises. Uh, I guess some of that is to come, it comes with the territory of being a chaplain, I, I would assume. But what are things that surprise you being a chaplain with these with a modern Citadel and modern cadets? That's that's interesting. Um, you know, again, I went here, I graduated in 04, and then from 2014 uh, up until last January when I got this job, I was doing campus ministry uh, here at the Citadel as well as the four other major campuses in the area. So I've been active on campus um, and, and so less has surprised me with like interacting with cadets more has been me realize the inner workings of the administration and how that part of stuff that you just never see till you're a part of it but I would say including my time as a campus minister here and the other campus ministers um, is just realizing how many students come here with deep pain and brokenness from their lives you know we, you know just realizing the, the amount of pain that a lot of our cadets come with into this adversarial environment, and then that just kind of swirls that around, and it adds to 
the normal struggles of, of not being here at the Citadel? I'm sure. That's, uh, that's, I'm sure you guys see some of the most difficult situations there are, and uh, I'm sure they're out there. What, you know, you and I talk a lot about what the future of the Citadel could be. If you think of the, the Corps of Cadets as, as an operating system, and if you can kind of tweak it or get this and that part right, you just improved uh, the, the lives of individual, of individual cadets, the institution overall, and then, of course, the community and, and maybe even the nation as a result of, uh, of getting the Citadel uh, to be a more, a more uh, perfect institution. So what are the longer-term adjustments you would like to see in our development program here uh, from, from the chaplaincy point of view or just generally? What do you think, uh, from your experience, would, would make a big difference in these cadets' lives that's systemic or institutional? Sure. What I, you know, operating one is, you know, talking about I'm, I'm trying to grow the chaplaincy to have a couple more actual chaplains here so we can actually have more hands-on engagement with the cadets as they're going through what I talked about earlier as far as that faith and growth development, whether religious or not, and being present to walk with them through those difficult times just so they have that person um, that guide them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the second thing is uh, working with the provost to actually, more in the academics, we're actually trying to launch a, a ministry focus, whether folks want to go to chaplaincy or, or just are interested in those sort of things, so it can become part of their actual academic development. And so I think there's a, a lot of excitement around those courses and opportunities there. Um, but specifically, uh, as we, I think, recapture and reintegrate uh, faith and spirituality as a, an important pillar and part of who we are as humans, working with both the Kraus Center and the Commonwealth Department to ask how do we earlier on engage students? Because what I am seeing is a lot of uh, things that in previous generations were more agreed upon, just these universals, the truths, these, these things, these foundational principles that we live by. There's a lot of, of disagreement and misunderstanding and, and, and a lot of cadets not understanding how they process both their reality and how they play into it, what's important. And so working uh, earlier on to engage in the, the leadership development process. Now we talked a little bit about this, you and I offline before this interview, but I, just tell our listeners a little bit about what you envision for, for freshmen that come into the Citadel and, and how we lay that foundation of, uh, of an ethical and moral framework. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, you and I have talked about it and I've had a, a engage with the leadership 311 which is right now kind of a one-day event junior year that's the ethical that's the junior yeah, ethics yeah. enrichment experience yeah right exactly and so i think when you believe in something you're putting your trust in something but are those secular principles or those religious principles that's right that way that it is not that way they have the absolute choice they're going to get these foundational principles uh and in a way that 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 um accentuates where they are depending on their, their faith background. That's sure. exactly right. Does anything prevent the Citadel from reaching its full potential that you can influence? Is there something you see as an obstacle that we just need to take a sledgehammer to or some obvious opportunity that we are where we're just not yet taking advantage of? So I'll, I'll say this with a bit of hope, and I think those who have been around the, the Citadel for any number of, uh, of years have seen, I've seen that sometimes every group gets so siloed, you know, I might get overused, but like the provost and, and the academics are just focused on what they're doing, and then the commonwealth department is just focused on what they're doing. Uh, we at the helping agencies, whether it's the chapel or the care teams, whatever, kind of just focused on our specific area. And what I've, what's really exciting to me is that there's been a lot more crosstalk against the different, against the different communities because what's really happened, and when I talk to you know, kids, what's different between the old core and now, it, you know, there were certain things that were more stressful and difficult there. Um, 
both positive and negative. And then uh, today, I think the biggest, one of the biggest strains or, or, or struggles are that these uh, cadets have so much on their plate. They're so overloaded by all the different various silos that there's no white space. There's no, not as much coordination. And I really feel like you know, what I'm trying to do is for my slice of that pie it is continuing to help all these different groups talk and say, how do we together focus on developing uh, in, a, in a positive way that restores time uh, to the cadets, where they can kind of have that ability to actually process and focus and grow and not just live completely stressed out and overwhelmed in ways that I didn't have to experience. I, I completely agree. You see this, uh, people aren't here to listen to me, but they, they don't get enough sleep. They're up way too early for PT, and they have the 24-hour cadet schedule where they're going from block to block like automatons instead of having a moment to think, breathe, and process and choose for themselves. And you know, how much of a service are we doing? Because the real world isn't like that. So it's a really interesting uh, point you just made. Uh, what do you think the cadets are most concerned about? Is it is it survival, just getting get my ring and get out? Or do they come here? Do they? What what is it that's on their minds that they're most concerned about when they're trying to get through the citadel? You know, I, I think it varies. Um, I, I think uh, a, a lot of it varies from where they come from uh, and, and what they're specifically struggling with. Uh, so many of the certain cadets come here with a specific uh, military or career goal, and they're so focused on getting the highest GPA they can, accomplishing everything, checking all the boxes. And and, and I think so. I, I would say the commonality I think is fear. So and for them, it's fear of failure. If they don't check all the boxes and get them quick enough, they're not going to have a successful career. Um, the other ones uh, who are kind of here like as a last resort, they don't want to be here. Their fear of disappointing their parents or disappointing mm. themselves. Um, and then, you know, I think there is just in our world today a lot of anxiety and fear about the future and what's next. And so I think that, that really gets wrapped up into to what the cadets are struggling with, um, that, that fear of, of, of failing and, and not succeeding at the, what they're wanting to kind of come in here and grow through. And, and your role as a chaplain in that and addressing that is, I mean, it's somewhat, I guess, self-evident to a, to, to, <laughs> to a grown man that's already been through his crises, et cetera. Hey, you, help, you help these cadets feel comfortable with themselves, know they're loved by God and, and, and by their community and all that. Um, is that. Is that how you think about addressing that problem? I do. You know, I, I you know, I, I'll give a very specific example. This is someone who's already already graduated, so it's not a part of the core now. Um, so if an alumni is listening to this, or then, then you know who I'm talking about. All right. I, I had a, a guy call me. It was after super stressful events. We're talking like suicidal ideations within the core, members of the core. So had family members actually complete a suicide, um, hazing, uh, actually sexual assault. I mean, this, this, it was like a two-day, 48-hour period of all this bad stuff. And I was at the complete end of my you know, mental capacity. And this cadet calls me, uh, and he, he, he calls me at the Chapman Meadows, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, I need, uh, it's the worst situation ever. I need, I'm driving to my, uh, this girl I, I shacked up his house, and uh, she's pregnant. I need you to help me convince her to get an abortion. Oh, goodness. And I'm like, I don't think you called the right number. Yeah. That, you know, that's, that's kind of not what I do, but I, but the, the point of the story, he was in a very, a specific and terrified spot. And when I was able, I, first of all, you know, you know, um, was able to talk and say, first of all, hold on, you sound like you're absolutely terrified. And he's like, I, have, you know, I absolutely am. We use some very cadet colorful language sure, to express his, his fear. And, and I explained to him, you know, we tend to make our worst decisions when we're scared, when we're tired, you know, when we when we're when we have this lack of sleep. And so, helping him slow down, 
get to a place where you can actually think through and process, and also kind of taking and saying, hey, your, your fears are here. Let's pull that back and say, is it really this doomsday scenario? So that's a very particular example, but what I do try to do is help them think through that maybe they don't need to have this fear. This is an irrational fear. It's not a healthy fear mm -hmm. that they're processing it. And how can I, like you said, for those religious faith, you know, you're okay. God loves you. It's going to be okay. And for the other ones, how do I help them get to a place where they're they're not operating out of fear, but they're operating out of hope and excitement? Right. So last couple of questions for you. You know, now that your listeners know you a little bit better here, how did you get from the Citadel class of 2004? Did you know you wanted to be a chaplain? How did you get here? That's a great that's a great story. Uh, uh, with too long to tell on a podcast, but the basic uh, you know uh, thing is I grew up in the, heavily involved in church and church leadership, and and had even been told I'd probably go into ministry of some kind. But I came here on army scholarship, and I wanted to go be a sniper and and be a ranger. Uh, and then I switched over to the Air Force my sophomore year, and I was going to uh, pursuing and was getting a pilot slot. I was going to fly a tenth. And then when I was a cadet re religious officer, my you know senior year, God clearly said, no, I want you to be a cha chaplain. Just do the ministry I was doing there and a burden on my heart. Um, I, so I spent my entire senior year switching from go going into uh, action as a line officer to getting into the chaplain candidate program. And it wasn't until, I think, three weeks before graduation that... Um, uh, that uh, uh, I got the orders that saying, hey, I could go into the chaplain program. So from there, I just went into ministry and then uh, pastored some churches and was a reserve chaplain. In 2014, I got called to campus ministry, so I was back on campus. And then last November, the previous chaplain kind of resigned fairly quickly, and, and the job was available, so I applied, and, awesome. and here and I am. What, what, and what to you, awesome, last couple of questions, what is better or worse about the Citadel today than it was when you went through as an undergraduate? Um, I was, what, what, what I would say is um, worse is the stuff we talked about. Yeah. The, 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 the volume of stuff that, that, that is trying to be accomplished, all with good intentions, mm -hmm. but just, just too much. Um, and I think, that it, and so, um, and I see that the school working to address that. What is better? Uh, I think there is a lot more opportunity opportunity and professionalism. For instance, I studied abroad my, um, between my Navier and my sophomore year in France, and it was a great experience. So I, th those opportunities have expanded. There's more degree programs. There, there are just, there, there's more available and good things that are available. So um, I think, you know, that's kind of, speaking on both sides of my mouth, this, the, the good thing can also become the bad sure, things if there's course. too much. But, um, and I think the hard thing for, for again, this institution is I, I think what the school intends to, whether they get it right or not, is and when they talk about duty, honor, respect, when they, they the school wants to represent eternal and important ideals and principles. Um, and I think that more and more we have a nation that just doesn't agree on those foundational principles. So the school is having to work harder to convince cadets coming here that no, this is a bedrock of what it means to be, uh, as the common I would say, men and women of virtue and character. Yes, what, what, you would. Know, yes, uh, you would. It, but, but this is important, and to be those things um, is having to work twice as hard to, to get to that, that place. Yes, and the last question I've got for you is, you know, here you are, graduated in 2004, you've got almost 20 years of professional experience, four years of experience in the Corps of Cadets itself. Thinking back to you sitting in that seat at age 18, 19, 20 years old here at the Citadel, if you could give yourself a piece of advice knowing all what you know now, 
And you can tell these cadets today, here's, here's one thing you got to carry with you uh, to, to, to make it to the Citadel and be successful. Um, what, would that, what would that final piece of advice be? There's, I think, two types of cadets, and, 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 and I would give different advice to each of them. If you were like me, I was that cadet that was trying to do everything and go 100 miles an hour, and if I didn't get it done quick enough and I didn't accomplish it, I was going to miss out on something. And I think we have so many cadets that are so driven and so worried that they're going to miss out on something. They're going 100 miles an hour, that they're, they're not slowing down and experiencing. Actually, they're not living like They're living for the future instead of living today in expectation and hope for the future. So for those super driven cadets, I would want them just to tell them, hey, take a breath, enjoy experience, and, and, and don't waste this time in a way that you're going to miss out and look back and say, hey, I should have slowed down. I could have enjoyed the ride better. And then there's the, the, there's the other group of cadets that, that are kind of just, you know, treading water. They're not really, you know, excited about the future, <clears throat> and, and they're just... Um, they're kind of this malaise, and, 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 and that for those I would encourage to, hey, you know, find out what your purpose is. Actually explore, actually kind of take that next step. And so really just, um, and, and don't sit there and wait 20 years and see you've wasted those 20 years. And right. so, I, I, again, so I would help better cadet identify where they're at, and then and that way I want them, when they get old like me and you, um, you know, I, I want them to look back and say, hey, that was I enjoyed every minute, and, and the Citadel was not the peak of my existence. It kept getting better and better. Well, Chapel Meadows, thank you so much for the time. It is just wonderful to be uh, a friend, to hear from you. Uh, I love swimming with you in the underwater rugby <laughs> program. It's great to have an aggressive military chaplain with so much love and thoughtfulness being put into the program for cadets. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Leadership on Demand podcast presented by the Krauss Center for Leadership and Ethics at the Citadel. You can find us online, and we welcome your feedback and suggestions on who you, our audience, would like to hear from in future episodes. Thank you for your time today. We hope you'll join us here again soon for another episode of Leadership on Demand.